What up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to episode 191 of Combo's Court and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Who turned the heat up, man? It's hot out here. It's hot. Oh, man, what a silly intro. But uh, today's show, Pierre of Through the Wire podcast joins in. You could catch Through the Wire podcast wherever you listen to podcasts or on House of Highlights YouTube channel, A Great Conversation with Pierre. This one was actually recorded on Friday, August 21st, 2020. There's been a few games since then, but I think the information on here aged really well, so I can't wait for you all to hear it. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Luca, don't do it to him. Pierre from Through the Wire. Welcome back to Combos Court, man. How you feeling today? I'm feeling good, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Every time we link up, whether it's IG Live or the pod, we have some good conversations, man. It's always good. It's always good. You know, I usually do some real preparing, but for you, sometimes I don't even feel like I have to prepare, even though I did, even though I did. You know? Did you? Okay. I'm yeah. guessing you got some draft stuff. I'm hoping you got some draft stuff. Of course. Tyree yeah. Tyler Burton to the Knicks. I think that's the move for them. I'm going Devin Vassell, man. I'll, I'll, I'm fine with either. I'm just happy that we're in a spot where we can't really mess this up. I always find it funny that you're a Knicks fan. I always forget. And then I always, right before I record, I'm like, yo, this guy Pierre is a Knicks fan. Yeah, That's man, crazy. I'm loyal. I'm loyal. I'm loyal. I was a Knicks fan um, when they was hot. Well, I, I, I wouldn't say – I was a Knicks fan before they was hot. But, you know, I, I ride the waves up and down, up and down. But, yeah, man, everybody was on my Twitter – um, I was out working, doing some other stuff. I had a photo shoot while the uh, draft lottery was coming. And when I opened my Twitter to see the results, everybody was like, yo, I'm sorry for you, man. I feel so bad for you. And I'm like, don't feel bad for me. I'm happy. As a Knicks fan, I'm happy with eight, man. I'm ha- In this draft, I'm happy with eight. Of course, you always want one. But we didn't get one. And the chances of us getting one wasn't that likely. So that's fine. We're at eight. Why do you like Vassell over uh Vassell over Halliburton? I mean, I like Halliburton because I mean we've talked about this before. He got that what I call the Jason Kidd effect, just makes everybody around him better. And then I was kind of looking a little more into the numbers, and he's 99th percentile in spot up shooting, which might have someone think that he's a better fit for Atlanta because he's kind of play off Trey Young. Mm-hmm. But I like him as a point guard. I just think he makes everybody around him better. Like, why do you like Vassell better? I like Vassell better because as a Nick fan, I'm hopeful that uh, when free agency comes around, we're going to have a conversation with Freddie V from uh, Toronto, Freddie Van Fleet. Um, okay. And if we're doing, if we're going that route, then uh, Tyrese Halliburton will kind of get, he's talented enough to still be involved with that going on. I feel like right now the Knicks roster is just about, accum- let's accumulate the best talent that we can get. We'll worry about making it fit later. But Devin Vassell, for what he can offer, if you if you do a lineup of Freddie V, R.J. Barrett, and Devin Vassell, and then we got Mitchell Robinson protecting the basket, I'm I'm real happy with that. Um, the forward probably probably be Julius Randle for the for the short future, 
but I like I like that route. I know a lot goes into that. We have to get Fred Van Vliet for that to happen. But it, with Thibs at the helm and the defense that, that Devin Vassell can provide and the shooting that he can provide next to RJ, it goes hand-in-hand for me. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about Wiseman? Because obviously he's a great fit for – He's a great fit for the Warriors, and I think Mitchell Robinson would be as well. So that's kind of interesting where that could go. Who knows? You know, but I would be concerned about drafting a big man in this era outside of the Warriors, outside of the Warriors in this modern era, you know? Like, Aiden's great, right? But would you draft him that high now looking back? I don't know. Mm-hmm. So I just think the game changed so much, and we wa- we're watching the way Houston's playing right now, and it's crazy, and I want to talk to you about that as well later. Because it's really crazy. Like, they're super dangerous. What do you think about drafting a big real early? Depends on what the big is. Because, you know, my guy is Chris Asperzingis. So there's not, Well, first of all, there, there, there's no KPs out there this year. There's none. There, there might be one. I can't pronounce his last name. He's very he's, – he's very uh, – he's 18. He's, he's a long way from being a KP. But he is, he's, he's very big, and he shoots the ball very well. Alex J. Pokoskovi, he's, he's a seven-footer. He won, he's 190, so he's going to have to build on his body. But I'm telling you, if, if somebody at the end of the draft, like a Toronto-type team, gets their hands on this guy where they don't have to rush him and just let him develop behind the scenes while their team is competing, he's going to be a guy that we're going to look back and be like, how the hell did he fall this far or whatever? He's one of those guys. You know, but, I had Edwards as being the top player in this draft. I mean, they have to take him number one, right? Who? Minnesota. I don't Edwards. see it. Yeah. Um, I'm hearing the rumblings that they want to trade down. Really? Yeah. Edwards would be nice. Edwards, Edwards would be nice. Um, I'm not completely against LaMelo either. And I'm also not against trading down. Does LaMelo shooting concern you? Um, at some moments, yeah. But it doesn't concern me as much as it would concern me uh, for Lonzo, how it was for Lonzo. Lonzo's oh. shooting was very – was is. That's that, that step back three was more efficient than anything LaMelo has right now, right? You think so? At, at UCLA? Yeah. I mean, at UCLA, he was a – Lonzo Ball was uh, – there was no flaw in his game at UCLA. <laughs> he, was Le- he was LeBron at UCLA? Yeah, I mean, shit. He was – Lonzo Ball at UCLA is one of the best college players I've ever seen. He was pretty good. He was yeah, pretty good. Yeah, that, that – team went from being not talked about to being an elite team and then he left and then he weren't talked about again and still yeah. haven't been um but i just think i, I like the back I, I can imagine a backcourt of d'angelo and Lamelo. it's it goes either way whoever gets it we outlet to either or the other fields are lame but i mean edwards is the uh he would seem to be the more suitable guy but i wouldn't i wouldn't be opposed to them trading down either I mean, Pierre, you know what's crazy about this Mavs, uh, this Mavs series is that they Talk should really to be up Talk 2-0. To they should really be up 2-0. Yes, they should. Yes, they should. And I've, I've been – um, when a bubble first started, I was, I was uh, very high on the Mavericks making a run. Didn't care who they were going to match up with in the first round. They're going to make a run in the playoffs. Well, will they go to the finals? No, but I know they, I, I had a feeling that they would get out of the first round. And seeing the way that they performed in the first two games – I'm still very high on that, and I can't wait for them to, to pull up the upset so I can poke my chest out like I told you so. Oh, I, you think that, oh, you think that's happening? Yes. You know what I'm afraid of, Pierre? It's going to go seven games. The Clippers are going to win, and then we're all going to look at that crazy ejection. 
and and look back and like, man, this should have been the Mavs win. Like, I, I really think that's gonna happen. I really do. If that does happen, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It would, it does look like it could shape up to be that way because that was very costly. And and I don't want to talk disrespectful against the the Clippers because they do have Kawhi and Paul George. Paul George is my favorite player, but Luca is a grown man, man. Luca is he's he's built for this. To go and have Kawhi guarding you, to call for a screen, and you get the switch, and then you go from Kawhi to Paul George, and to not be phased by it is ridiculous. I don't know too many guys that can handle that. And he's he's doing it effortlessly. He can turn. He can he can slow down with the turnovers, but I'll take everything else. I'm seeing so yeah. When I'm watching these interviews after, I'm seeing some funny stuff. First of all, what the funny thing was was that when that series started and Luca. Uh, you know, he looked shaky in the first two minutes. I was getting DMs like crazy. Like, Luca, yo, first of all, the Luca backlash is they're trying so hard to have some backlash on Luca. So hard, and he keeps raising the bar. He keeps raising the bar. I'm, I, I like that too, because this is, this is a conversation we had about a year ago. His during his rookie year on my podcast, because I was a guy that was. I wasn't a Luca. Um, I wasn't a critic of Luca, but what I was trying to tell people was let's let's settle down and let's just let him be who he is. Let's not try to give him too much praise because then the first time he fails, we're going to try to like, you know, tear him down. We're doing him a disservice. By right. Order. Yeah, he's a right. rookie, so he's he's playing fantastic, and let's just leave him there. People were trying to say he's one of our clutches players already as a rookie but it's like whoa, whoa, whoa pump the brakes yeah, but those are, but the funny thing is those are the guys that weren't even on him when he was about to get drafted like he's too slow exactly but you know, the, the reactionary stuff is crazy right now like in general like everything if you listen to these it's like once the lakers lose like everything is bad about ad lebron is is washed like and then it's just so reactionary everything i love it though because it makes it makes guys like me and you stand out and it's not to to really um that shit on anybody but i'm gonna just keep we just keeping a spade is a spade we're just keeping a thousand because yeah you're right the lakers lose one game and, and everybody's ready to rip up anthony davis and the lakers and then the funny thing to me is yeah they, they'll rip ad up and do all of these crazy reactions because luca didn't have 20 points in the first quarter he's just oh my gosh but the Clippers lose almost twice to the Mavericks, and nobody gives nobody talking about that. Everybody's talking about the Lakers and the Trailblazers, like the Clippers are just cruising against the Mavericks. Like it's 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 just ridiculous. Even the Giannis thing, nobody blinked the eye at the at the Magic beating Giannis because it's just like whatever. But the Lakers, we've been talking we've been talking about this for a long time. We've been talking about this Giannis thing for a yes, like, we have. It's been a while. I mean, I think people will, and he's great. He's great. I gotta always. Preface. I have to before I say it. Like he's great, but he's not the best player in the NBA. I mean, he's by far, he's not. Let me ask you this: What have you noticed? Because I feel like once we have an idea about somebody, that's it. Like we don't really go with the flow with it, and like really watch what's going on right now. Like Kawhi is not the defender where that he was. Like exactly. if you really watch him, yeah. You know, do you see the or, same thing I see? Or let, now, let me ask you this. Let me let me ask you this before you ask me that. Is Kawhi not the defender that he once was, or is Luka that good? Kawhi's not the defender that he once okay. was. So let me tell you one thing. Like, LeBron James is super underrated as a defender till this day. Like, right now. Because they think he fell off so greatly from his prime, which mm -hmm. he was better in his prime, but it wasn't 
he's not a terrible defender now. Even last year when it was, and last year feels like five years ago. I'm talking about last year, like the last full year before he like pulled With his groin. With now. Yeah, when he put yeah exactly when he pulled his groin. Like he was an above average defender when people were saying he was horrible. Right. This year he was even better, and they're still on him. You know, like him and as defenders aren't that much different anymore because he's a lot better than people think. And Kawhi is not as good as people think anymore. Cause they're thinking about like Spurs prime Kawhi when this guy, his feet aren't like that anymore. His hands are still great, but yeah. And Luca makes it look easy. You're right about that for sure. I, I think, I think you hit everything on the head. I mean, um, because, and I think that's the, that's the con to being as good as LeBron James is, um, is he's so good that when he's not that good, they think it's horrible. When in actuality, it's above average. It's, it's still good. We're right. just so used to seeing pure greatness that, yeah, the moment he does anything that's close to average, it's like, oh, it's horrible. When in reality, my Knicks, we would love a player that can play at that level. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and then Kawhi, and even, and yeah, Kawhi, I mean, yeah, you're right. It's the idea of Kawhi. It, it, it sounds damn near stupid to say he's not what he was, right? Because it's just the idea of Kawhi and who he is and um, the identity of that we've given him. It just sounds ludicrous to say that he's not the same defender. Um, but I also think he doesn't have to be, right? I think um, when you get a certain level like Kawhi, LeBron James, and you start playing for different things, you learn how to pace yourself, especially but, with a guy like with a quad injury that he had. But let me... Let me add this, though, because people want to compare him to the LeBrons, right? So for him to be even on that level, he kind of has to be an elite defender because he doesn't have the playmaking ability. He doesn't have, and I'll bring it back to what I always say, the Jason Kidd effect, like making everybody around him better to even put him on that level. So it's, if he's, like, he's like the prototypical two-way guy, right? Like the, mm -hmm. like the super two-way guy. So if he's not that, you can't even compare him to LeBron really, right? Well, for me, I, I wouldn't – even if he is that, I'm not comparing him to LeBron. Yeah, I'm with you. Lot, I'm with you, lot. but I'm just uh, devil's advocate. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. You know, every, yeah, correct, because that's his uh, – Le the way that LeBron's thing – every player has that thing that makes them them. The, his is the defense. So, yeah, right, he, right. way he's just like – because, yeah, as good of a scorer Kawhi as it, he is, he's not – he's never been, like, top tier, like the best scorer in the league. He's never been – he's never even been, like – a. he's just now becoming an average – above average playmaker at times for the Clippers. Um, so, yeah, his defense has always been his thing. So if that slips at all, then, yeah, he's just not even – it's not there unless he, he just comes out of nowhere and becomes this incredible closer, which he, he had some moments last year. But in this playoffs, he would have to be like just the guy, just, just, nailing, just, just nailing everything and taking them home, which so far against the Mavericks, I haven't really seen. He's had some timely buckets, but he ain't – and that's what that's one of those things with this team. Um, and I keep pointing because I'm watching it behind you. Um, right, me too. It's on mute. It's there. Yeah, it's on mute. <laughs> I, I feel like they this team is so like let's. I don't want to step on this guy's toes. If you know what I mean. Like there's moments in the game where it's like Paul George, you should just do your thing. You're, you're, like, you're ah, basically saying they're you're basically saying they're taking turns. Yeah, which every super team and and I don't know if we're classifying them as a super team, but they have two superstars. Every team that has two superstars, I know they go through that period. But at some point, we got to see one of these guys say, and I don't, as, as a Paul George fan, it, 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 it irks me with him because he did the same thing with Russ. 
He's very, Paul George is a top tier talent. Well, Paul, first of all, Paul George has been doing some funny stuff on the interviews. I don't know if you noticed, but he's talking. He's talking about everything but Luca. He's talking about the West. He's talking about yeah, this. You know, he got his ice on his shoulder. That you, pissed me off. That pissed yo, me wait, off. Wait, wait, wait. Do you notice that though? He's like, the West is tough, bro. This is not about the West. This is. I, did, not- I didn't peep that. No, I didn't. Okay. But I peeped the ice, and that pissed me off. <laughs> We, 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 let's not, that's like, that, that, that's ice, like man. product placement, right? Yeah. I, I don't want to <laughs> see the ice, man. I don't want to see the ice. I, I like the shoulder, not, like everything. And Twitter had a field day. They was like, Hey, Paul George was healthy as hell. when he was typing, talking shit to Dane. Now he got ice on the shoulder. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but yeah, that's my thing with this team. Like I like this Clipper team. Um, one thing for me, it doesn't, it feels like they're missing something and it's that floor guy. Um, their guard play is just, it's not there. It's not well, there. I, I love guard play, by the way. Yeah, they have nobody that really sets the table. At all. And Doc has a lot of decisions when it comes to rotation. And on top of that, they never, ever played championship-level basketball at any point of the season, not even once. And everybody, everybody acted like it wasn't a concern. And I thought that that was going to be a main thing. And I think that's why – that I guess it is why they're taking turns is because, yeah, forget championship basketball. It was a lot of times they weren't even on court together. Paul George yeah. came back later. Kawhi was chilling, and uh, Montrez went down. Lou Will had injury here and there. Like, I don't think they played too many minutes together. Yeah. And yeah. tonight we're seeing Shaman start. Yeah. I want to talk about Houston, but before that, we've always been high on AD. We've always said we liked him better than Giannis. There's one scary thing about the Lakers that nobody's talking about. They are talking about it, but they're talking about it in a negative light, right? Like, people are saying AD is not in shape like he was. And that is the scary thing for other teams because I think as this goes on, he's going to get even better. That's my thoughts. Like, I think it's going to get really crazy with AD. Yeah, I I don't – that's the thing about the Lakers, man. Like, everybody wants to see them fail so bad. And I was trying to make the, the case in point because I'm around a lot of people that are rooting for the Blazers, and I get why. But, That's but, not um, happening. Oh, yeah, let me tell you one more thing, too. So that was like a boxing match last night where a boxer gets knocked out really bad that they could never recover for the rest of their career. That's how bad that was last night, Pierre. That yeah, was I bad. It like, is this a playoff game? That was bad. Um. But yeah, like everybody wants to see, and I'm like, bro, the 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 uh, Blazers won Game One with the Lakers absolutely shooting the work. I know they're not the greatest three point shooting team in general, but they shot even worse than worse. Like Caldwell Pope is not going to average one point this series. I'm not saying he's going to average twenty, but him having one point is just not going to happen. And AD playing as uh, I don't want to say as bad, but he didn't have his greatest game, and he still only barely won out of that game. So it's like. For them to win the series, you mean to tell me AD has to go seven games with playing not to his capability, below his standards. Caldwell Pope is going to average one point, and Danny Green is going to miss every wide-open three he gets. Uh, that's a lot to bank on. That's a, that's a whole lot to bank on. And then last night, yeah, they lost about 30 points. So LeBron had, what, 10 points? Yeah. You know what's funny? It all it takes were like LeBron has to get 45 for them to win. AD <laughs> has to get – AD has to get 20 rebounds for them to win, and none of that happened. Yeah, I, that's, what I, that's what I want to ask you. How, what is your take on the way LeBron's playing? Because in game one, I got a lot of, a, a lot of backlash because I was – well, the way it happened is um, I'm a big critic of Donovan Mitchell. 
right? Because I am too, I, and I've always been. I've always been. I'm with you. We have yeah. a lot of the same opinions, Pierre. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, yeah, a lot of things that nobody would agree with me on. You're like the only person that would agree with me. <laughs> How many people are you talking to about these things that, like, have played the game? That's true. Because that's where I find my disconnect. Like, and I'm not saying, and I was never a pro like you was or anything like that, but I have played the game all my life and I've been around the game all my life. So I, I look at things from an analyst perspective and also a player and, and a coach perspective. Um, and Donovan Mitchell, my, my bone always with him was I know you can score, but it's about the other things and that's what make the other players great. So um, in game one, he dropped 57. That was all great, but I felt like he didn't have to drop 57 and they could still win the series. And now I, I put that, I said that on the podcast and people were calling me Don, Donovan Mitchell hater. Game two that he has 30 uh, something points, but he plays much better within the game, doesn't force, trusts his teammates. And he says in a post game interview, yeah, man, I, I, I'm learning to trust my teammates more because in my first couple of years, all I looked at was a basket. Boom. I'll screen record that, throw it on Twitter. Hate to say I told y'all so, but look, Pierre actually knows a thing or two about basketball. The man just said it himself. Boom. So that that next day is the day that LeBron and the, and, and, and the Blazers play game one. So throughout the day, I'm, I'm showing my fans throughout Twitter how, how the greats trust their teammates. And the point I was making, Danny Green missed about seven threes in a row. Every time LeBron didn't hesitate and gave that man the ball. Because in a basketball IQ mind, well, long run. It's long run. It's, it's long it's run. It's long run. My guy, thank you. Because down a stretch, I'm going to need Danny Green to make one. Just, maybe just one because I can get mines at any time in the game. And it's the same thing Dame does. As great as a score as Dame is, I'm Dame Lillard. I can score anytime I want. But I'm going to give Gary Trent and Melo the ball because I'm going to need them to make one down a stretch. And lo and behold, Melo and Gary Trent made the two threes to close out the game in game one. But I'm just – the way LeBron was playing, and it was a great it was a great play that happened. LeBron tried to power his way to the hole. He got a glass by three Portland Trailblazers defenders. And I'm and I'm on Twitter like, yo, is that what y'all want him to do every time? Because that's not a good possession when you have a guy open in a corner. Let's get a shot that has a high chance of going in versus me getting my glass against the backboard or a turnover, which is a charge. So do you like do you like the pass in LeBron or do you want him to bury his head down? and have 35 attempts with six charges and nine turnovers. Bro, he's washed up today, and about a week from now, they're going to be talking go talk. Like, bro, he's going to have some big games eventually. This is very early. This is very – like, people don't realize this is the long game. He's going to have some crazy games, but he knows he needs AD to be confident. And I've always said that Danny Green's the X Factor. Like, I have video from, like, you know, this season, the beginning of this season feels like eight years ago, but it was from the beginning of this season where I said Danny Green is the X factor. And he knows that too. Like Danny Green has to knock down shots. He knows that. He knows he's not losing to the Blazers. I, like people, somebody told me that the Blazers are coming out the East, bro. Somebody really, like some, somebody really told me that. Like a good friend of mine. I'm like, I can't even, I can't talk anymore. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. This is getting everybody else involved. That's yeah. what you need to do. That's how you, that's conducive to spacing. Every time somebody – like, first of all, every time Danny Green misses a shot, it's take – like, let's say you have a bank of space. Mm -hmm. It's taking space out of that bank. Every time Danny Green makes a shot, it's more space for the future. Get a pot right? of space. <laughs> yeah, like, this is the space bank, and we need to add to that. Danny, help me add to that. That's what this is. That's yeah. it's a game. And a lot of times, like, during the season, 
if LeBron and Kawhi were going at it and Kawhi got the best of them, people would be like, Kawhi is better. But LeBron doesn't care about that one game because mm-hmm. he knows 10 years from now, nobody cares about that one game. They care yeah. if he wins championships in the long run. Pierre, I got to let you watch this game. But before we get out of here, I got to talk to you about Houston. I got to talk to you. Come on, talk to me about Houston. Bro, Houston is the most dangerous team in the bubble. They are so dangerous. And James Harden, I've been critical of him in the past. He, all my criticism is out the window because now he pounds less. He makes the right pass. And even yesterday when he was shooting not good, they won easily. And he was on the bench cheering for everybody else. Shout and out to Austin Rivers. Yeah, Austin Rivers, man. Austin Rivers, Green. Yo, and if Green could be the all-star talent for the whole bubble, and maybe this is conducive for him to him for being that, like in this like, kind of weird no-travel mode that we're in, like maybe he could be the consistent all-star talent. I mean, I'm not saying he's an all-star player, but he has that kind of talent. Jeff you know Green? I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Coming out of Georgetown, I thought he was a Like he's a borderline all-star like level player when he's playing at his best. He just doesn't always play at his best. Yeah. But all these guys, like, man, that's scary, man. They can really beat anybody. I'm going really to agree with you on that point. Uh, going into the bubble, I thought that one of the dangerous teams I would have probably said was, like, um, maybe, like, the uh, – as far as the West, I would have said the Nuggets. But they've been – I don't even want to talk about them. But, yeah, the, the, the Houston Rockets – I think they're all, super – I think they're super scary for the future. Yes. The Nuggets. Yes. yes. Yeah. But if they lose this first round to the Jazz, I'm going to need them to, to start accumulating some of their talent together, and they're they going to have to go get a guy because – Well, they, MPJ could be that guy. But then they're going to need another guy. Like a what, what kind of player? Um, all-star level guy like right no, now. They no, I'm saying much. what position – like if you could take a player of what position all-star level, like what position – a, a guard. Uh, okay. I don't know if, like, if Bradley Beal – I know w- the Wizards would have to trade Bradley Beal, but, like, they need somebody who could do something now while you're grooming MPJ. I thought that they were good enough to do that, but they're kind of dropping the ball. They should be They should be winning more in the playoffs right now. Like, they shouldn't be down to the Jazz 2-1 when the Jazz didn't have Mike Conley. They don't have Bogdanovich. It's kind of embarrassing. But the Houston Rockets, yes, I love P.J. Tucker. I think P.J. Tucker is is, like – all first team role player like every year he's just like the best one of the best role players robert covington is 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 playing out of his mind with his defense this might sound crazy his defense is better than Kawhi's defense don't have any preconceived notions and watch them play defense and tell me who's a better defender i i like i like robert i think robert covington can make the argument just because of his switching ability he switches everything he's blocking shots at the rim uh he's guarding bigs they might start him off like if they played against the Nuggets, he probably guard Jokic and would handle it. And then if he switch, if they do the pick and roll, he'll switch on to Jamal Murray and handle it. You know, he might even get some MPJ uh, assignments here and there. So I do like his versatility, um, and I think he is like the X factor for them because if he can maintain those bigs every now and then, uh, it takes less stress off of PJ to to have to bang with him. And I think those two complement each other when it comes to guarding the bigs, taking different you know different turns. But I do think um, Houston can be scary. But the only thing about them is, man, when they aren't dropping those shots, man, they don't do anything else. Like they, like uh, they had a game, uh, maybe. Russ, well, game. well, well, Russ can. They missed fifteen threes in a row. Russ can, right? He's like kind of yeah. like, he kind of diversifies things for them, even though, even though the spacing is 
it's kind of better when he's not there, but I think they need him for that to diversify their offense a little bit. He's I almost like they're like point forward in a way. Like he's the guy scoring at the rim, you know? Yeah. I, and I, I think that was a great adjustment for them because they need that. They need a guy that can get the twos. Cause sometimes as good as you shoot the three Houston, sometimes you're going to need the twos. Sometimes you're going to need the twos. Cause that's how they lost against the Warriors. They missed what 27 threes in a row or something and just kept yeah. shooting. Yeah. I mean, look, I mean, offense uses analytics. Defense is using analytics as well. Like we, we don't want you to shoot threes, so we're going to make you shoot the two, and we're going to protect mm-hmm. the rim. I mean – I'm not an analytic the, dude, but, I, you know. I have a lot of – yo, I have a lot of them on my podcast. The reason why is because they put the work into what they're doing. That's why I enjoy the folks that study analytics. It's definitely needed, and it's definitely not anything bad, but I'm just a – I'm a guy that's always going to be uh, – I'm going to use it to a certain extent. I just believe that when you get on a basketball court, man, you, you take what you're given. I'm not going to force anything because of um, a stat. If somebody's giving me a three and I can shoot the three, I'm going to take it. If somebody's giving me the rim and they're but not I think that's the, the I think that's the misconception about guys that study analytics and analytics guys that are in the media that they think that you should never shoot a mid-range shot. But when you really talk to an analytics guy, they would never say that. I hope not. They don't. They don't. I'm telling you. When I hear, uh, like, name an analytics, yo, name an analytics guy that actually said never shoot a mid range shot. No, I'm not saying, but I mean that's what the analytics are telling you that they that they would want less of those things. Analytics are telling you that shouldn't be your first option. Analytics aren't telling you that you should take a really bad three over a good two. It just shouldn't be a contested two shouldn't be your first option. That's what the analytics are telling you. Well, now, yeah, I, I mean nothing. An analytic can't tell me what my option should be. Is my thing. That you nothing can tell me what my option could be except what's in front of me in real time. You cannot right. plan for what your first option should be. That's what I'm saying. Basketball is an instinct thing. Stats will help. Analytic can help here and there. But you can't tell me based on numbers what to do for first option because I have to see it first. That's my whole argument. You can't tell me based on numbers what my first option should be because we don't know how the hell you're gonna play me. Harden's game is based on that. Well, like Harden is an ex- he's 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 a he's a legendary scorer, so he's kind of exempt. Everybody ain't Harden though. You got 13, 14 other guys on the roster who. Are, what about Austin Rivers? He's not Harden. Well, the whole team is shooting a lot of threes. No, yeah, they're going to shoot the threes, <laughs> but then when the threes ain't falling, we got to do something else. We got to yeah. get a bucket. Oh no, for sure. No, you got to take what the defense gives you. Like if you're just guarding the three point line, we're not just going to sh- just shoot threes. In the last couple of years, we've seen their 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 thought process isn't let's let's go somewhere else. Let's let's shoot some more. They're gonna fall eventually. And I guess when you they they say when you live by the three, you're gonna die by it. True. You know, P. I'm gonna let you get back to this game. It's always great talking to you. You my guy. My guy. I'm always down. I'm always gonna make time and be available for you, bro. Always good seeing you, talking to you. Hope the fam's good. You know, I'll be seeing baby combo here and now. IG. Hope everything's well. <laughs> Um, and man, let, let's, let's just celebrate the NBA being back. It's good. It's a good yeah. thing. I'm happy, man. I'm happy. And it's been, I honestly, this sounds crazy. I really enjoy like these camera angles than the older ones. Like I enjoy this presentation from TV, like better than before. Me personally. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying everything about it. I'm, I'm kind of starting to think to myself, like, what are we going to do when this is over? Because this is good basketball. It's AAU-type bubble style. We're getting guys more focused. We're getting guys playing a lot better, uh, playing better than they've ever played before. And it's just because I think all you're doing is playing basketball. 
there's no party. We're not in Miami hitting the club. And I know cities want their, their, their revenue of benefiting from playoffs and the finals being in their city. But we're getting some top-notch basketball. And this is with a three-month period. A lot of people thought we were going to come into the bubble and guys are going to be ass. They're sharper and just on point. I'm loving it. Top-tier basketball after a three-month hiatus. Guys came in shape. Guys came in shape for sure. Without a doubt, man. Pierre, let the listeners know where they can find you on social media and everywhere else before we get out of here. Instagram, Pee the Plug, H-O-H. Um, and then on Twitter, just Pee the Plug. And, of course, every Tuesday and Saturday, you can catch me on YouTube uh, with my Through the Wire podcast crew right there on House of Highlights. Um, and, yeah, man, you can find me on Convo's podcast here and there, man. Anytime you want, man. We're out here. Hey, my <laughs> guy, I'll holler at you, man. Talk soon, Pierre. Later, Peace. bro. Thank you for listening to Combo's Court and big shouts to Pierre for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, go rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Also, man, tell a friend to tell a friend about the show. We here at Combo's Court would greatly appreciate it. And take a screenshot of this episode. Post it on your IG stories. Tag me at 1-2-Combo. That's O N E. T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. I'll share it. Be on the lookout for episode 192. Combo out.